Hey everybody, Zach here. Hope you are having a fantastic week. I'm really excited to share this week's episode with you, but before we dive in, just wanted to give a quick thank you to our friends over at Mongoose for making today's conversation possible. So as enrollment marketers, we spend a lot of time, money, energy, and effort trying to get new prospects to our website, right? We launched digital ad campaigns. We spent a lot of money on paid search. We spent a lot of time and effort creating content to help boost our organic rankings. And sometimes we forget, right, that getting people to the website is only half the challenge, right? Once they're on your site, you've got to deliver a really frictionless, really delightful uh, user experience so that you're getting users to the information that they want as quickly as possible. And chatbots can help with this, right? Chatbots aren't brand new. We've been talking about chatbots for a while. You're seeing them pop up more and more on university websites. But there's a real difference between a basic chatbot and a true enterprise virtual assistant. A true enterprise virtual assistant is technology that helps visitors complete tasks that normally only a human would be able to assist with. So more complicated queries, more complicated questions. So what your website might actually need, right? If you're worried about your user experience, if it's not you know uh, up to snuff, what your website might really need is Harmony, which is brought to you by Mongoose. You can learn more about how you can use Google Analytics to evaluate whether or not your site can get by with a basic chatbot or whether it might need something like Mongoose's Harmony. So you can learn more about this by accessing a new free free guide uh, at mongooseresearch.com forward slash enrollify. That's mongooseresearch.com forward slash enrollify. And this guide will help you determine what sort of chatbot you need and how to better your user, your site user experience as a whole. So thanks guys. Again, that's mongooseresearch.com forward slash enrollify. Enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Enrollify podcast. My name is Zach Buzicruz and I am your host for today's episode. And today I am chatting with Will Gribble, who is the Director of Enrollment Marketing at Presbyterian College. Welcome to the show, Will. Thanks, Zach. Appreciate you having me. So, Will, I'm really, really pumped for our conversation today. We uh, have been talking uh, before this, uh, before we sort of went live here, but then also over the past couple of weeks, just about enrollment marketing and really sort of how I stumbled upon you was I think you shared one of our podcasts, maybe the I believe it was the podcast um, that um, oh gosh, well, it was the the marketing and communications. What, what was the podcast that you shared that we connected on? It was uh, it. It, I, I know there was a part about inputs versus uh, or, or outcomes versus, versus output. Outcome. Yes, yes, yep. yes. It, yes. It. Okay, okay. Anyways, we will find what that podcast is and, and link to it in the show <laughs> notes. But uh, that's embarrassing. Uh, anyhow, you <laughs> shared a link to that podcast, and um, and I was so. I had never seen somebody with the title director of enrollment marketing before. And so I was like, who is this will guy? And I did some LinkedIn stalking and I was like, I need to get him on the show to talk about this role and talk about like what this means in his context. So I'm really, really excited to kind of dive into uh, sort of the, the, the genesis of this role, the genesis of your, of your department and just how, you know, you, it's my understanding that you helped, you basically created this role or pitched this role. So really looking forward to diving into uh, our conversation around that. But 
one of the things I like to do is start every episode, um, and this is a new thing, but start every episode in a slightly different way. So what I'm hoping we can do to kickstart today's conversation is by you sort of sharing something that you are, something interesting that you've learned over the past couple weeks or an idea that you've recently had that you plan to kind of further explore in the coming weeks. This can be anything from, you know, making sourdough bread to uh, <laughs> working on a, a new campaign, but just what, what, what's something sort of creative that you've been like noodling on over the past couple weeks? Well, it's, it's, it's not as uh, exciting as sourdough bread, but I uh, <laughs> really, really the two, two things that I've been exploring the past couple weeks. Um, the first has been this idea of self-guided tours and, you know, being on the higher ed side and, and really trying to wrestle with, you know, how can we, how can we bring, uh, students to campus. Can we bring them to campus? Um, are we able to give them presentations? Uh, you know, but if if we do get a student to campus, how can we give them an opportunity to explore campus to, um, you know, kind of become more familiar with our campus and, mm. and, and kind of what, what we can offer them um, through kind of a self-guided tour. So we've been working on building an app and uh, that's been, that's, uh, that's been a fun experience. It's a little bit of a learning curve, but um, it's been really, really cool to see, you know, if we do take the person out of the tour, um, what kind of, how, how can we still tell that story about our, about our college? Yeah. Are you guys, uh, are you guys building this in-house or are you guys working with a partner or how are you building the app? We have a partner and, uh, they're, they're, they're a newer company and they, uh, we found them and just kind of started the conversation and, uh, figured out that we would be a good fit. And I know we're one of their first um, couple schools that are working with them, which I love startups. And uh, I love to be able to see, you know, a company grow and uh, kind of help them uh, develop and kind of find some of the shortcomings. But uh, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And uh, hopefully we'll have that launch here in about two weeks. That's awesome. That's, that's really, really exciting. Yeah, I'll have to, I'd love to check that out and uh, yeah. see, see what it looks like and, and look, you know, what it feels like. And what you're, what you're chatting about right now too is, uh, is you know, on the minds of so many enrollment marketers is like, how do you help recreate and uh, facilitate some sort of experience, experience that's as close to being on campus as possible, while obviously not actually being there physically. And, um, you know, I think that no one sort of has like the corner on this market yet. And so it's exciting to see sort of startups that are, are working in this space. And, you know, there's lots of good tools and platforms out there already. But I think that uh, many of them are going to be disrupted uh, and or augmented uh, in light of just everything that's happening right now. So super cool. Love that idea. And let us know how it pans out. Um, could you give us a, a, a bit of an overview of your career to date? How did you end up in this role? What previous roles uh, have you held? How long have you been in higher ed, et cetera? Yeah, so I, I've been in higher ed for a little over seven years. And I um, started working in admission right after graduation at my alma mater, um, which was a pretty natural transition for me since I lived the experience. Why not yeah. uh, recruit? and tell students about what a great experience I had and why they should consider our school. So, so I was an admission counselor, you know, so my focus was very much recruitment, relationship building, territory management. And uh, those were the days where I felt like um, I ate Chick-fil-A way too much. And um, <laughs> I had, I had, uh, I, I felt like every visit I went to, they would give you like a little goodie bag that had like a, uh, a gift card to like a coffee shop. And, uh, it, it, I felt like I was always covered in, uh, those 
granola bars that as soon as you open them, they like ah, explode yes. into crumbs. Yes. Yeah. The nature Valley. <laughs> yes. The best. That's right. Yeah. Nature, nature <laughs> Valley. So I did that for uh, about two years and then transitioned into an assistant director role. And that's kind of when I was given the first opportunity to kind of flex my, my, my background in, in English and writing. And, um, so I was still focused on recruiting, still, um, you know, a, a, a territory manager and, and visiting high schools and giving presentations. And I was kind of on the side focusing on um, helping a little bit with some of the writing that we were doing for our office. And then I became associate director and kind of that position grew. I took a little bit more of the marketing under my wing, um, but it was very much, I was part of the admission office okay. and I would, I would work with a... Um, person in the Marcon team, which happened to be a graphic designer. And he and I would um, essentially work together on little small campaigns. But it was very much a secondary focus of mine because at the end of the day, um, I was being measured by my results from my territory. Sure, and sure. So then, um, while this is all happening, I actually went to grad school, got my master's degree, um, and I was planning on being a teacher. So I had to student teach, which is a really... Uh, amazing, unique, frustrating, terrifying experience. <laughs> but uh, it, it's, uh, I, I sit here and obviously I, I'm, I'm not a teacher now, but I, I look back at those experiences and to be interacting with high school students on a daily basis for like three and a half, four months, it really, really helped me as a marketer. And it's yeah, to, to, I think the perfect example when it comes to that is just like bite sized pieces of content. Yeah, I could see firsthand what the attention span was, what worked and what didn't work. And uh, so I'm super thankful for that experience. But once I finished, once I finished my degree, finished student teaching, I, we had a new v, VP at that time. And she saw that um, I, I had that background in writing, that I was passionate about marketing. And uh, she kind of gave me the opportunity to explore possibly uh, jumping into this enrollment marketing position. And ultimately, what was nice about that is, um, is that, you know, at smaller schools, and, and I think this is the case at, at a lot of small, medium-sized schools, but you're kind of, you're a jack of all trades, but you're kind of a master of none. Yeah. You know, you wear multiple hats, you have to juggle multiple things. And I felt like I was recruiting well, and maybe helping with strategy, and I was helping um, you know, with, with the marketing side and writing and we were doing okay, but I felt like I wasn't doing anything particularly well, um, mm. to be honest with you. And, uh, my VP kind of gave me the opportunity to, to jump into this, this position, which is essentially created, uh, for, for me specifically based off of kind of my experiences. And, um, yeah, she just kind of saw the benefit of us essentially having our own marketing firm within the enrollment division. Yeah. And how did, I'm curious, how did she and you, like, uh, how did you craft this? Like, was it, what were the expectations? Was it basically like, okay, hey, we want you to be a liaison between your Marcom office and admissions. Like, we want you to sort of be our judge during executioner when it comes to marketing within the admission space. Like, how did, like, what, what did the job description look like? Like, how did you guys kind of flesh out roles and responsibilities? Yeah. It was, uh, it took us a little while to, to figure it out exactly, but, you know, kind of the starting point for us was, um, what are some of the challenges that we're experiencing at, at this point? And, you know, for us, we were transitioning to a new CRM at that time. And 
built within the CRM was um, some extensive communication um, elements. And so we realized that we probably would need somebody to take ownership of that if we were going to um, really, really, um, I guess, communicate effectively and well to students and, and, and to recruit them. Um, I, the other big thing was, like I said, kind of recognizing that we as an office, you know, we had a central marketing office that had to essentially create for every single uh, person on campus. So sure, we had one graphic sure. designer, we had one writer, and for admission, I mean, we could essentially keep that whole office busy with just our projects. Yeah, and yeah. if if you're doing it well, you should be able to keep them pretty busy. And we basically would have to, you know, kind of get in line with everybody else, and that was kind of tough, especially when you know, you have to be so flexible, so nimble um, within the higher ed field and within, you know, marketing and recruitment. And then we just kind of felt like we were being limited um, by not having somebody, you know, who could essentially, like I said, an in-house marketing firm basically create for us uh, immediately. Yeah. The other big thing too was just from my background being an admission first we felt like we always had to kind of translate why we were doing things over here. And mm. so to have somebody who was kind of groomed as an admission professional, like I knew essentially kind of what um, sort of pain points we had and kind of the pitfalls. And I kind of knew what the, um, what the typical admission cycle looked like and what we would need to create. Um, and so that's, I think that's, that was another big, you know, kind of part of my job description too, was just recognizing that we would be able to, uh, be as efficient and, and as effective as possible. I love that and uh, appreciate you fleshing that out for us. So I want to ask you a question that's very related, but uh, a little bit more specific. And that's really around what you think it means to be a, you know, air quotes, uh, enrollment marketer. It, it's, you know, it's a it's a fairly new profession. And it's one that, uh, you know, we at Enrollify are trying hard to help kind of flesh out and clarify for the industry. But I'd love for you to to take a shot at defining it in, in your own words. Um, and again, this can, you know, be based solely on your experience and sort of how you and your VP kind of fleshed out this particular role. But like, as you have uh, stepped into this role, as you've sort of learned a little bit more about uh, how you fit right with admissions and how you relate with Marcom, what what does Will Gribble think it means to be an enrollment marketer? First off, I think everybody at a college should be an enrollment marketer. <laughs> can, can you say that again, Will? Please say that again. Say that yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like everybody at a college should be an enrollment marketer, uh, without a doubt, because. I mean, you can have somebody in my role as an as as the person who oversees marketing for an institution, but um, I think everybody who's on campus and is part of that story, is part of that brand, has to have an enrollment lens hmm. always in focus, hmm. always, always in focus. Because you know, you could have prospective students who are working across campus and engaging with students, or engaging with faculty members or staff members, and so that's one of the things that you know, big picture, I would love for this mindset of being an, an, an enrollment marker to kind of permeate um, across campus without a doubt. But I think in this kind of a point I made earlier, but I think first and foremost, an enrollment marketer has to be able to speak admission. Hmm. And I think it's being familiar with uh, the process, being familiar with the pain points that students may experience, like submitting the FAFSA um, or maybe, you know, this year, um, 
the issues with the SAT and ACT not being able to take the test or, you know, the uh, value of test optional or paying for college is, you know, definitely a point that kind of makes students a little anxious. But knowing those pain points, I think, is, is incredibly useful. Um, knowing the terminology, um, knowing the key points of distinction for your college or university, hmm. you got to know them, but you also need to be able to market them effectively. And that's through storytelling, which, you know, any, any good marketer has to be able to tell a compelling story. Yeah. I love that. Uh, that was, that's gold. Um, and I'm going to just take that little excerpt and send it to a bunch of people that I think need to hear that. Um, but no, I, I love that definition and I love the, the idea of everyone at a university being an enrollment marketer. And I think like what we're seeing sort of in, uh, this actually does remind me of the conversation I had. And I remembered it was a conversation I had with Rob, uh, Zinkin from RHB. And he was the, the podcast that you shared, uh, he was the, the guest on the podcast that you shared where we first connected. And uh, one of the things that we talked about in that conversation, too, was just the need for uh, especially university leadership to really own their brand and be able to like effectively communicate and essentially effectively market uh, at every level within the within the context of institutional leadership from, you know, presidents to VPs to cabinet, like really the uh, the goal being for everyone to see themselves as sort of a brand ambassador, if not like a marketer or or a salesperson for the institution. So I exactly. love your definition, and I think that that makes a ton of sense. And um, you know, the reality is, right? Once somebody come, once a prospective student comes to your campus in in normal days, right? Any interaction that they have with somebody, whether it's with faculty, whether it's with staff, whether it's with um, you know current students, right? All of that goes into their decision about whether or not uh, they're going to attend your institution, right? Like all of that, all of those are, are instrumental factors in them trying to make sense of your brand and trying to understand whether or not they're going to fit well within the context of your brand. Um, and therefore, exactly. right, it's really important for people to know your brand to be able to effectively communicate, right, your value prop. So I love that. That's gold. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I think there's there's two to, two other little elements that I throw into that de that a definition too. But it's you know you have to be able to sell the intangible, hmm. and you know yes, there's a lot of things that you can see that high school students can see when they visit your campus. You know, it's marketing new buildings or or sports programs or you know our residence hall has a lazy river around it. But you wow. know, in the grandest in in, in the grandest sense, you know the intangible that you're selling is that student's future. Um, and it's also things like experiences, um, friendships, you know, faculty and student relationships. So that's, that's definitely, uh, I think another uh, kind of feather in the cap of an enrollment marketer. And then, you know, really the last piece of that, and I think you'll appreciate this because I've heard a lot of your uh, episodes, the folks have, have, have talked about the importance of data, but you have to be a data analyst when yeah. you're in enrollment marketing yeah. because we, we can't be focused on intuition driven marketing, um, not, not in today's society. And so you got to be comfortable with swimming in that, in that data and analyzing trends and not only using those, the, those trends in that data, but being able to translate the, those things into meaningful stories that have that emotional pull. And that's, that's, that's the hardest part right there. Another piece of gold. I love it. Uh, no, that's, that's <laughs> awesome. And I think that that's 
right? Like that is the challenge. And it, it seems so simple. And yet like very few people do it really well, um, which I think provides like incredible opportunity, especially for, you know, smaller institutions or or even programs within larger institutions that struggle for, uh, to, you know, to meet their enrollment numbers. It's like, how do you uh, how do you know, like know your baselines, you've got to know, right? Like, where are people finding you? How are you know, where are you generating the most quality inquiries? How are those inquiries moving through your pipeline? What is it that's specifically influencing like your top tier candidates to enroll? And then how do you go and like, you know, 10x that or 5x that depending on whatever your goals are. And you know, one of the things that's like super interesting from a storytelling uh, standpoint is I like I think about I, I've been uh, reading a lot about Trader Joe's recently, because I'm working on this, mm -hmm. uh, this copywriting e course uh, for for Enrollify, actually, and we're going to be talking about a lot of uh, we're going to be using Trader Joe's as this example throughout this e course. And, you know, one of the things that Trader Joe's gets a lot of credit for uh, in the industry is, you know, instead of selling the product, right, they sell the experience of it. So if you ever read like the uh, the packaging, right, of Trader Joe's, yes, right, and the, the yes. adjectives that they use to describe popcorn, right, like, and even like the descriptive text on the back as they're explaining the, they've got the ingredients, but then they, you know, always tag on another sentence or two that explains like what you're going to feel when you use this freaking spice, right, or whatever it is. <laughs> and like, in the same way, it's like it, it's just it's just you know uh, it's salt garlic and you know onion I, I could go buy that product anywhere else and yet like the way that trader joe's writes this copy on their freaking shaker is so is so compelling that i i want that and i will go out of my way to go to trader joe's just to get the you know everything but the bagel seasoning and and i so could get, i could get something <laughs> like that like in five other places right like it's not it's the product itself isn't particularly unique right? It's how they sell the experience of it. And I think the same thing is true in admissions and in, in enrollment marketing. It's like, look, like, okay, your program, you know, at, you know, an undergrad who's pursuing a, you know, bachelor's in business, right, at your school, that might, the curriculum might not look dramatically different, right, than the curriculum down the street. And so from a selling standpoint, if someone is on your website, and they're reading the three or four bullet points, right, of your program offerings, offerings versus, you know, the institution down the streets program offerings, it might be hard to tell like at face value, like what is the difference? Because right, the product might not be that different. But if you can explain, if you can, uh, uh, you know, explain and convince me through great stories about what I'm going to experience as a result, right, of the product, then you can win. And I think that like, I'll get off my soapbox in a second here, but I think like <laughs> that is like that is what's missing in enrollment marketing. And so like I'm I'm super pumped and excited that like you are aware of this and uh, cognizant of of the need for it. And I think many other people uh, need to become enlightened to this reality and uh, and and orient themselves in a way to do a better job of selling experience, especially if your product isn't particularly unique. Exactly. So I don't know. Exactly. I don't know what you think about any of that, or if you agree. Feel free no, no, to totally no. disagree. But, but yeah. No, 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 no. We, we. I mean, if you think about it, a lot of the things that I'm marketing, it's it's the same at a lot of private, small, liberal arts schools, or just in the college experience in general. And I think that's that's where, and and I've, I'm really really thankful for my colleagues. You know, my VP especially, um, our director of admission, like they appreciate marketing and storytelling, and so we've been given a pretty high degree of flexibility when it comes to how we want to portray a message because 
yes, you could check all the boxes as an enrollment marketer and, you know, create that standard, you know, 20 message drip campaign. Um, and that would maybe include a video about, you know, housing or you can have a little bit more freedom like I have. And, you know, you can use gifts as much as you want. You could, you know, instead of just doing your, your, your typical, let's show off a residence hall. Yeah. You know, we did our, our, our version of MTV cribs and called it PC cribs. Oh, and, nice. You know, nice. basically, you know, threw that out there and just made it more playful and more fun. And that's, that's kind of the brand that we've adopted is why can't admission be fun? Why does it always have to be stuffy? Why does it always have to be intimidating? Hmm. Like these students have enough to stress out about. So let's do something that's fun. And in a way, let's kind of be like Trader Joe's. Like let's, let's, you know, describe things in ways that, you know, one students can, can connect with, but also they can kind of have fun, you know, while they experience it and while they read about it or while they watch the video. So no, Zach, you are, you are speaking my language without a doubt. I love it. I love it. Um, so, you know, what you just shared brings up another great question around uh, what do you think is like is necessary in order to uh, enable sort of this uh, a, a deeper collaboration between marketing and admissions? Because, you know, while you have this awesome title and you've you've sort of like been set up uh, in this in this unique um uh, in this unique way and sort of given a, a fair amount of uh, autonomy and authority, not everyone, not everyone in, you know, every institution is going to be able to, uh, to do something quite like what you have. But I do think that every institution can do a better job at, at you know, collaborating between departments and building bridges between departments. So uh, I'm just curious, in order to, in order to sort of like effectively do enrollment marketing, in order, in order to be like a top tier enrollment marketer, what sort of, um, what, what do you think needs to be in place either culturally or um, from, you know, a, a roles and responsibilities standpoint in order to enable this to happen within the context of an admissions team? I think it all starts with the reporting structure. And, and, and a lot of this, this, this is kind of set up at the cabinet level. And, and I really do think ultimately when it comes to brand and telling that story, like it has to start with the top. It really, really does. You know, otherwise it's going to be this constant battle of just tug of war, you know, where people are just pulling back and forth and nobody is quite sure which way um, the train should be heading. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's, it it could be chaos. And so, you know, I think ideally, and, and, and this has worked for us, you know, is having enrollment marketing as part of the enrollment division. So it's me and I have a graphic designer and we have some external partnerships that kind of allow us to be, autonomous in a way hmm. the flip side of that though is there there can be some some uh, some shortcomings i mean one of the biggest things is, is just siloing you know it's very very easy to kind of get wrapped up in what you're doing over here and maybe lose sight of you know maybe what the central marcom office is is is, is focusing on so i really think it's on you know, at least the director levels, at, at least, you know, at some, at, at some point kind of in that structure where people are all on the same page and people understand, you know, essentially kind of which way, like I said, you should be moving. And, you know, also it's, it's, it's recognizing the revenue streams for the college and how, you know, that's going to obviously affect the way that you approach, you know, where staffing should be allocated and where priority should be, um, I think the other big thing too is, and, and this is just speaking from my experience and, and speaking with uh, people at other colleges and universities who, you know, have kind of expressed the same kind of frustration with having to be online uh, when it comes to their projects. But um, 
you have to be able to identify kind of the backgrounds with on the mark, the the central Marcom team or just on your marketing communications team. And so most of the time I've seen people are very, very strong when it comes to awareness marketing and fundraising. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But they don't necessarily have the background in admission and, you know, what it's like to interact with prospective students and what it's like to interact with families um, or counselors. And so I think, I think if I were going to, you know, try to make that shift at a college, I would make sure that you could kind of help train those, 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 those team members and just kind of help them see, you know, kind of how to market it effectively. But also I think it just comes to interacting with prospective students. And that's been something that has been helpful for me. I mean, I'm still giving, you know, tours once in a while. I'm still giving presentations at high schools, maybe not this year since travel is going to look a lot different, but um, being able to still like talk face to face with students is so helpful. Um, and it really, really helps me see, you know, kind of, what their struggles are and what they're most excited about. But, you know, just through some professional development experiences, like I know AMA symposium for marketing higher ed is, is super helpful. Um, I know Carnegie Dartlet has things and RNL has things, but I feel like there's so many different ways where if you could just get them committed to learning more about the admission process and kind of what to, and, and, and what that student experience is like and how, how to best market with them. I think that just helps um, ease those conversations and just helps, you know, kind of the machine run a lot more smoothly. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, it's reminding me again of this conversation we had um, with Rob Zinkman um, at, at RHB. And one of the things like, I think what you're, you're fleshing out here, right, is sort of this difference between uh, outcomes versus outputs with respect to Marcom. And I think, What'll be really interesting to see is within the context of a university, if, if you end up like, obviously, there's always going to be a team of people at an institution that's uh, responsible for creating materials for um, student affairs and for, you know, alumni development and for advancement, right? And, and, you know, there's going to be a need to have some sort of centralized office that handles uh, essentially just like the output work. But, right, in many institutions, Marcom is still at least in part responsible for outcomes as it relates to, you know, whether that's alumni development or, or enrollment management um, and, you know, you know, butts and seats at the, at the end of the day. So I'm curious, sort of like, you know, what we're seeing in the broader world, the broader kind of marketing and sales world is that they're, uh, they're being they're kind there's like this convergence happening right and people are ba basically being housed under new you know umbrella structures called revenue acceleration team or growth marketing team and you know I, i'm curious to get your thoughts on on how you've seen this happen in in higher ed and if this is something that you predict will will become standard in the next few years in other words are we going to see enrollment marketing teams kind of form within the context of admissions and those people are really marketers, but they're marketers with the goal of sort of being, you know, the, the uh, connection point between uh, an admissions counselor and, um, and, you know, and a brand awareness campaign. In other words, that they're sort of responsible for not just producing like, you know, quote unquote leads, but producing like marketing qualified leads and sales qualified leads. Like in other words, all of their marketing efforts need to be associated with the bottom line, which is increasing enrollment, as opposed to making brochures and making pamphlets and doing kind of like general brand awareness um, via a billboard campaign or something like that. So what do you sort of predict 
the future of uh, enrollment marketing will look like from a structure standpoint? Yeah, I think I do think there are colleges and universities that are starting to make this shift a little bit. And I know I saw I saw a, um, some data from a report. And it was a survey of just VPs within higher ed and kind of what are your responsibilities? You know, which areas do you ever see? And I feel like 40, 40 or 45% of those, those respondents talked about having EM enrollment marketing and institutional marketing under one umbrella. So I think, I think that's, that's a great first step without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. But then, you know, once again, it kind of comes back to, you know, setting the priorities at the cabinet level and at the top um, and, and, and helping people. I think shift from that, you know, output mindset to an outcome mindset. And that all starts once again, back with leadership uh, because, you know, that is, that's one of the benefits I think of, of my focus is I can be so targeted, you know, I'm, I'm not having to design, you know, pieces and my graphic designers not having to design pieces for multiple audiences on campus. Instead, we're focused on, you know, sophomore, freshman, you know, junior, senior students, and we know kind of what they're thinking and, and, and what we should say to them. And so that, that, it just, it, it makes things so much more effective and efficient, but I think it all really comes down to just how sales in itself has changed. Hmm. I mean, just since, since I was an admission counselor, I remember I would spend evenings, especially uh, during kind of the spring during yield season, calling these students to gauge interest. So here's all the students who have uh, applied and been admitted in my territories. And I would pick up the phone and I would call these students. That's seven years ago. And that wasn't very efficient, you know, but it worked, but it took a whole lot of time. Yeah. And I think about just how I shop and how you probably shop. The last thing I want to do is I want to talk. I, I, I don't want to talk to a person. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the last yeah. thing I want to do. Customer service wanna... representatives are the worst. Yeah. 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 Exactly. yeah. I, don't, I don't, I don't want you to cold call me. I don't, I don't want to, um, I don't want a sales pitch. I want to be able to consume things on my terms. And I think that's, that's the shift that we're seeing, especially in higher ed now. And, and I think we'll see it even more, you know, with, with COVID-19 and how students are going to be limited from actually stepping foot on campus. But it's this idea that really, if you think about it, probably the bulk of the selling process is happening through a, a person's website, or maybe it's through a chat bot. But really, the people who are overseeing those two items are marketing. So marketers have to have that sales mentality. And that's why I think it's so important to connect those two areas. Because, you know, it's, if you can use the toolbox that marketing has, and you can combine it with a toolbox that sales has, it allows you to be such an effective and efficient sales or marketer, whatever it's going to be. But it allows you to work smarter and not necessarily harder. And, you know, I think about how, you know, seven years ago, I was making phone calls to try to figure out who was still considering PC. Now, yeah, I can sit here and I can run, you know, a report and we can figure out, you know, using website traffic. Here are students who have, who have been admitted, who have spent, you know, two minutes on our financial aid page. This week, we need to call those students. And here's kind of how you can approach that conversation instead of the, you know, hey, Zach, this is Will from PC. I'm so excited to talk to you. How are things going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, uh, oh, yeah. So I did get the 17 emails that you sent me, and I didn't respond <laughs> because I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. I, that's 
No, but like the, you bring up a really good point, which is that there are so many tools out there today that like really what we need to be doing. And, and I think the best uh, enrollment management teams out there are doing this. How do you best leverage marketing technology? How do you best leverage your CRM in order to empower admissions counselors with the most qualified people in real time? So like it's like every day, right? If, if, if you know, you're doing this right, you should be able to like wake up look at your email and have pings from your CRM or, you know, uh, notifications from your marketing automation platform saying, Hey, in the past, you know, uh, five hours or the past 24 hours, these are the, you know, 18 people that visited the most pages on your website that are, you know, still in that, like, uh, admitted, but you know, not accept or excuse me, uh, accepted, but not, uh, enrolled sort of category follow up with these people today. Like we have all of the tools. Uh, and have access to these tools and these tools like don't have to be like ridiculous. They're not ridiculously expensive anymore like they were even seven years ago. And how do you best leverage those tools to save your time so that your people, right, whether you're a marketer or you're an admissions counselor, you're talking and communicating with people in the right way, in the right channels at the right time. And, you know, exactly. there's, there's really just, you know, no excuse. I mean, again, some people are really, really small and don't have access to any of these tools, but right? These tools kind of take so much, they do a lot of the heavy lifting, again, when set up right. Um, but, you know, really, I think what gets me excited is we're sort of shifting into this new era where we're really empowering people to kind of make the most of their job. Like we're empowering folks to be able to have the most productive day, at least in theory possible by equipping them again with the names with the sort of to-do list um, that is data-backed, right? It's like, hey, if you go and you follow up with these people, they have the best chance of the people that you're gonna talk to today at converting or at moving through the funnel. Um, and so, the, and that's just, that's exciting. But again, that only happens, I think, with a framework change. It only happens with, as you were saying, sort of like a top-down kind of leadership change in how we think about the roles of different departments and, you know, the responsibilities um, of people within those roles at different departments. The only way that we're going to see sort of this meaningful change scale is with a shift in mindset. Um, and it's really exciting and encouraging to hear you know, people like you who are aware of these things, um, who are actually living in realities that are pretty close to that. For sure. And, and it's so funny, anytime that I go to a conference and, you know, you're, you're uh, networking and you meet people and you exchange business cards. And every time somebody sees my role, director of enrollment marketing, they always have a million questions. And the question that I always get is, has it helped your school? Huh. And you know, I've been doing this, this role, this is my third year in this role. And, you know, the past couple of years, I haven't really been able to say, oh, definitively, like this has helped us. And, you know, I feel like at this point, we've been able to see specifically with our yield numbers, with our yield percentage, we've increased yield just in, in the last two years by 3%, even during this time, wow. which I know yield is just, it's, that's that, that's definitely a stat that a lot of colleges are, are paying attention to right now, especially when it comes to melt and how that's affecting yield. But the fact that we've been able to, you know, increase yield by 3%, you know, from 19 to about 22.2% is phenomenal. And I think yeah. it comes back to that idea of exactly what you said. You know, it's essentially allowing these people to have the tools to be more targeted and to present a message to a student who one wants to be contacted but two, to present a message that they actually want to hear and that will resonate with them. Love it. Love it. All right. I want to play a game. You ready for this? 
Okay, let's go. <laughs> okay. So um, let's say a college or university asks you to come in and lead enrollment marketing strategy across the institution. Okay, so whether this is at PC or, you know, a, a different institution, you're suddenly given like total autonomy, total authority to come in and lead enrollment marketing strategy uh, across across the enterprise. So, you know, the school has no baseline marketing metrics there. Let's just say their CRM, their student information system, they they've all died. Um, you know, somebody lost all the data. <laughs> so there's no historical data. Um, and your job, so your job is to kind of come in and recruit the fall class of 2021. So people that are, you know, starting their, their senior year of high school right now. Um, your job is just to, it's as simple as, hey, generate the greatest number of new students uh, possible for us. And you've got $500,000 to do so. Uh, where do you start? How do you go about developing an enrollment marketing strategy that's going to yield the, the quote unquote greatest number of new students possible at this college or university? All right. Give me an hour. No, <laughs> that is a big, that's a loaded question. Um, okay. So can we, can we assume that the college is first off just pleased with its brand and that the brand was created? Because let's, of let's assume that marketing yes. research. Okay. Yes, let's assume then, the brand is good. The brand is good, and you've got a team. You've got a team that's reliable. I got a team. Okay, yeah. perfect. Um, and name buys. Can we say that name buys have already happened, and we feel pretty good about those? Sure. Let's say that okay. name, buy, name buys have happened. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah, I think first and foremost, it starts with the CRM, and that's that was our changing to a new CRM. I think is another huge reason why. You know, we've had um, enrollment growth, why we've experienced increase in yield, but it really, really starts off with the CRM that will provide data. And um, so I'm thinking, you know, obviously when it comes to communications, being able to email and text and being able, being able to gather data from that. Uh, but, you know, it also comes down to automation, being able to automate those messages. So we talked about those kind of behavioral triggers. Yep. So if you can have an email message that's, runs automatically that goes to a student who has maybe visited the uh, visit page twice in the last week and they've spent a minute on it, but they haven't registered. We can have a follow-up with them via email or maybe a text goes to them. So I think, I think that's key that being able to automate things, email, texting, being able to collect data, but also report. So always starts with the CRM. I think the next big thing is website. Yep. yep. Have to invest in that website. Because if you think about it, you can have great emails, you can have uh, compelling admission counselors or ads, digital ads. But if you don't have a good place to point those students, then you're basically wasting all your efforts elsewhere. Like you yep. have to have a place where you can point them and then take that a step further. It's got to be a place that focuses on the student first. Um, it's got to be. Um, instead of internal facing where you have a lot of forums and you're focused on kind of on campus constituents, I think a website has to be focused on prospective students yep. and their experience without a doubt for internal audiences. That's where a portal comes into play, you know, where you have to log in and you can access all those things, but websites got to be streamlined and that user experience has to be top notch. So staffing, you said I'm good with staffing. I'm good with staffing. Um, I would say, once you have kind of your staffing figured out, you have to be able to identify some of your limitations. And so I think maybe find some key partnerships. I know that we've needed some help with some, some, some digital. Um, we've needed help with uh, maybe some design during some really, really busy time. So 
I think having some funds ready to find some of those key partnerships. Um, I think the other big thing is um, having a, a concrete digital strategy. And if you have the personnel on campus to run that, great. If not, I think you got to find a, a partner who is familiar with your CRM, you know, can integrate um, kind of the stats and metrics that they collect and that, you know, the CRM and this kind of data management platform that's focusing on all, all, all of your digital campaigns. If they're not talking, it's going to be, you're going to spend way too much time trying to translate yeah. without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the last thing we have in enrollment marketing is time. So you got to make it as streamlined <laughs> as possible. I would say, I would say the other kind of two areas that that come to mind for me. I think you have to invest in video. Mm. You have to. You have to, um, because I think video has to be part of that kind of multi-channel marketing campaign that you put together. Where of course you're going to have your drip comms with you know email and text, um, you know, and, and maybe some postcards and print, but you have to have video. And I think that's especially key now. If students can't come to campus, you need to be able to package that experience and give it to them. Because I don't know about you, but I would much rather watch a two minute video about, you know, campus life than have to read, you know, three emails that are maybe two or three paragraphs a piece with a couple, you know, decent pictures. Yep. Yep. So, I think the I think the last thing, and I don't know where we're at with our tally. But let's just say we have let's some just, more money. But let's say yeah, let's say you have fifty thousand dollars left. After all, yeah, this. I, I think I think you have to. Um, I think you need to be able to invest that in uh, finding key campus partners. So maybe it's students. Um, you know, maybe it's faculty members. So definitely trying to take care of them um, and, and and help them see how appreciative you are. But also, I think with events. And that's that's something where I think enrollment marketers, we have to be involved when it comes to thinking about the student experience and events and campus visits. Because if you think about it, we talk about the story. We have to be involved when they're actually on campus so they can experience that story while they're here. Yeah, yeah. And that's key. So and and I think, you know, you have to invest resources with that, whether it's, you know. I don't know. We have for our acceptance students day, we bring food trucks to campus to kind of show them what campus life would look like if we had an event. Um, you know, it's, it's just investing in these little things that would help elevate kind of that student experience while they're actually on campus or even off campus. I love that. Well, that was awesome. And a last you know point on events. I, I think that that's a really, really good kind of takeaway for folks too, is to think about like, making sure like if you're responsible in, in, you know, for crafting the messaging, for crafting the copy around all of the communications that are going out about the event, it's also your job to ensure that, right, the same sort of experience that folks had when they signed up on that registration page and they got those confirmation emails with, you know, the gifts, right, that that is translated into the actual physical experience, right, or maybe virtual experience. And I think that sort of disconnect, right, it's like, it's, it's, it's almost like when you are sold a product by how beautiful, you know, they, the product looks on the website. And then you talk to the salesperson and he gets you really pumped and really jazzed. Then you buy the product and then your experience with the customer success team is a crappy one. Right. And it's like, Oh <laughs> gosh. And you, and you just feel let down. You're like, Oh, well, I thought you guys were the best thing since sliced bread. Like I thought we were going to change the world together. And then you're like talking to your rep and it's like this person just uh, somehow missed the memo. Right. Or, or 
are you, are you sure that you're working for the same company? And I think that is really, really important too. And I think, you know, one thing that admissions teams do really well is events, but I think being able to uh, ensure that the experience, the culture of the event is congruent with the communications around it is, is remarkably important. So I love, I love that you talked about that. And I think that that's a, a fantastic takeaway for folks as well. Exactly. And yeah, just, just to give you a quick example of how we can translate that. I kind of talked about that idea of our brand being, why can't admission be fun? You know, we talk about it. And then if they come to campus for an open house and everybody is solemn, dressed in like dress clothes where I'm wearing like a suit and tie and everybody's in, you know, business professional clothing, uh, it, it kind of makes them think, okay, where's the fun in this? Like these people seem unapproachable and intimidating. Yeah. Um, so yeah. we, for, for one of our events, it was a Halloween event. Uh, my, uh, my colleague, Mark, who's the director of admission, he and I gave that presentation together, but we dressed up as Buzz and Woody and everybody <laughs> else who was, everybody else who was involved in the event was also dressed up. So it was already fun, you know, starting off the bat where they could see, okay, they talk about having fun. They talk about college being fun and PC being fun. And now this is actually kind of, you know, dripping down into the admission experience as well. I love that. I love that. And it makes me, it makes me think too of a, a conversation we had uh, not too long ago with some folks at M Stoner and they do, you know, great website work um, in, in higher ed. And, you know, they talk a lot about user experience uh, and really they are sort of kind of the, the thought leaders and user experience as it pertains to uh, higher education websites. And one of the things that um, that we were talking about was this need, like college and universities spend tons and tons and tons of money and, and resources in website redesigns, right? And in branding campaigns and whatnot. Um, and then so often, right, like they nail the the UX, they nail the UX, uh, the user experience for all things digital. But then when someone actually comes to campus, right, the first person they meet in the admissions office doesn't uh, doesn't uh, resemble the same culture they felt on the website. And like, there's right. a disconnect there, right? And so like user right. experience has to extend throughout every brand touch point. And that's sort of like the new challenge that I think folks in, in higher ed are wrestling with is like, okay, how do we ensure that we're not just spending, you know, $500,000 on this beautiful website, but that, you know, the language that we use, the copy that we use, the feel of the website is translated when into sort of the, the the people that we hire and the talking points that we give, you know, admissions counselors. And, you know, it, it's it's sort of like to, to talk about Chick-fil-A, right? It's like when you, you know Chick-fil-A is different anytime you talk to somebody who's uh, taking your order at Chick-fil-A, right? Like it doesn't take long to know, <laughs> notice that like, oh, this isn't just like McDonald's or Wendy's, right? Like there's there's something right. different about it. Even though you can't totally pinpoint it, you, you feel the difference. You feel the cultural right. difference. And like, how do you do that? within the context of your institution. Um, and and I, I think it starts with your admissions team. It starts with your enrollment management team. It starts with your enrollment marketing strategy because more often than not, that is sort of the first touch points or one of the first touch points that uh, folks are gonna have with your brand. Exactly, nope. And also Chick-fil-A has an unfair advantage of amazing waffle fries, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, that's true. So maybe their product is, is genuinely unique. Um, but Hey, Will, thank you so much for your time. This has been a lot of fun. Um, any sort of final takeaways or, or one or two things that you, that you hope folks will walk away with after today's episode? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing is that enrollment management and marketing 
there's a benefit to combining those two. And I think it's worth exploring. It sounds scary. I know change. I feel like higher ed, we're change averse, but mm. I do think it's worth exploring. And I can't sit here and say that everything we've done here has worked perfectly. Like there has, we've had to struggle with, you know, fighting silos. There's been confusion on campus when it comes to, you know, okay, well, how can enrollment marketing help us, you know, or how can central Marcom help, help us? Who do we go to? So, you know, it's, it's, it's not perfect by any means, but it's definitely a, it's definitely a, a system that I think can, can benefit uh, schools as long as they're willing to kind of tinker and experiment a little bit. I think the other big thing too is enroll, enrollment marketers. We have to be willing to interact with students, uh, prospective students, their families, uh, high school counselors, whoever it may be. So it's kind of scary to go to a college fair sometimes or to give a presentation. You know, not everybody's going to okay, not everybody's going to want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, I took, I took my graphic designer to a college fair and she was designing a piece that kind of made sense to her at the moment because we had used this design before and it had worked for us. But after she actually got to use it, when she was talking to students, it all of a sudden made sense why we say what we say and also how we lay it out for students. So I think it's so important to get out of your office and go and interact with students and, going to be a little bit of a challenge this year but i think it'll it'll pay dividends without a doubt well will thank you for your your many insights uh it was a it was a blast i really enjoyed speaking with you and uh, if folks want to learn more about sort of how you and and your team helped kind of set up this role for for you how you've kind of helped uh bridge this gap between uh marketing and admissions and just you know maybe some additional lessons learned along the way what's the best way for for them to get in touch with you yeah i would say go to our website um just you know google presbyterian college go to our website and find our meet the team page and just send me an email give me a call and I would love, I love talking to people and uh, kind of getting their perspective a little bit too, because that's one thing we all have to be willing to do as marketers is we're not, we're not experts. Um, you can't be an expert at, at, at everything. So I think there's still a lot to learn. Fantastic. Well, appreciate your time, sir. Thank you so much. And I hope to uh, have you back on and we can scheme on uh, scheme on something else next time. For sure. For sure. Thanks, Zach. If you are an enrollment marketer, working in marketing and communications or enrollment management and would be willing to be interviewed on the podcast or if you have an idea for a topic that you'd like to hear covered on the podcast please reach out directly to me at zach z-a-c-h at enrollify.org we sincerely look forward to working with you to make enrollify the most trusted go-to digital resource for enrollment marketers out there Hey, everybody, hope you enjoyed today's episode. Just a final thank you to our friends over at Mongoose for making today's conversation possible and a reminder to you all to go and check out their new guide, their new resources, their new resource, excuse me, that will help you evaluate what sort of chatbot solution your university website needs. Head on over to mongooseresearch.com forward slash enrollify. Again, that's mongooseresearch.com 
forward slash Enrollify. Thanks, everyone.